Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and it is episode number 122, um, creeping up on 125, which is kind of a milestone. So I'm recording on Saturday because uh, I got a cold. I actually recorded this originally on Wednesday, but I did a terrible job when I went to edit it uh, yesterday. Um, it was all over the place. I was rambling and it was right back to like the early podcasts where it was just complete stream of consciousness that made no sense. So um, I'm going to try not to do that today, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but I, I do have a cold, and so hopefully I have to breathe out of my mouth because I can't breathe out of my nose. So hopefully I will not sneeze or cough or annoy you with my mouth breathing. Let's see. Things that I like. The Write Along Podcast. It's W-R-I-T-E, Along Podcast. It's with, um, oh man, I can't remember the, it's with uh, Cargill, Robert Cargill, James Cargill. Hold on just a second. My goodness. It's already starting off poorly. Write Along Podcast. It's with David Chin and... uh, See Robert Cargill. There we go. And David Chen, I think, is on the Slash Film Podcast. But anyway, it's really, really good. I really enjoy it. Two things that I like that I am absolutely terrible at. Uh, the first one is uh, programming. I love listening to podcasts and learning about programming. I'm not a programmer. I'm not somebody who can sit down and just write lines and lines and lines of code. But I do love like the whole thought process of how you write code and how you have to think ahead and things like that. So I find that very interesting. So I listen to a lot of uh, nerdy, um, like programmy type podcasts. Um, and the other thing is writing, like novel writing or screenwriting. I think that is really interesting. But again, something I'm not very good at. Um, but the Write Along podcast, uh, C. Robert Cargill is... He wrote uh, with his writing partner, um, oh, now the name escaped me, Dr. Strange. There we go. And he's written a couple books and things like that and other uh, screenplays. But it is really, really good. It gives like down and dirty tips if you want to learn to how to write or how to get over that the writer's block and things like that. 
Now, I don't write fiction or anything like that, but I do write, uh, I have to write things for classes that I teach at work and things like that. So it's something that does help, um, I think, helps me. Um, The next thing that I like is James. Uh, This last week, James pointed out that the Patreon link that's in the show notes goes to the Cobra Kai uh, show page. So the YouTube show Cobra Kai goes to that show page. So I'll correct that this show. It's very funny. Made me laugh. Um, It's definitely worth checking out. But if you want to become a patron, you go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And uh, this week, I'm going to record a Patreon exclusive. I'm going to try and rope Sierra in. Uh, She'll be here in a few hours. So I'm going to try and rope her in to do the podcast with me for the the exclusive. And I'm also going to record another... um, I'm going to record this week's podcast, this next week's podcast, I guess, next Friday's podcast early because uh, family. We have tons and tons of family. And I don't know if I'll be able to sneak away and get it done without looking rude. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to do that before everybody gets here. Um, let's see. Videos. I got lots of videos. Sean at all things EV takes a look at the M bite, the Byton SUV. And, uh, he does a really good job. He's at the LA auto show. Um, the boring company had a launch party and really there's nothing that we didn't already know. If you listen to this podcast, you're probably like, Oh, well, this is all okay news, I guess. We already knew that this stuff was happening. Um, there's a flyover of Gigafactory 3 in China. And mostly there's like Connex boxes that were made into offices and uh, maybe some storage. And they're just moving dirt around. Nothing, nothing too big there, but it is a really big area. So worth taking a look at. There's another... Um, video i can't remember who it was from but it was how to remove the battery from the battery pack from the model 3 which was very interesting i really enjoy those uh channel engineering explained uh the the gentleman that runs that he does a walkthrough of the model 3 now listen i know that the model 3 has been out for a while and there's a ton of walkthroughs already but he really does a really he does a really good job really really good job at this uh, walkthrough, I, I enjoyed it, so I would suggest taking a look at it. I'm trying hard not to say really. And then uh, it's Nio Day, Nio Day, Nio Day, uh, the Chinese company that has the SUV, uh, the ES8. We've talked about it a couple times. They released or announced the ES6, and this car is super, super cool. And that's what I think I'm going to talk about next for the next week's show, and it's probably going to be exclusive the ES6. Uh, there are so many neat things about this car. We are going to talk about it briefly at the end of the podcast, uh, but we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive uh, in the next episode because it's, it's really neat. Um, the video is the whole press conference or announcement is in Chinese, but they do have uh, uh, subtitles. I don't know if it's just the gist of what the announcer's talking about or if it's the actual word for word because he says a lot of the words um, and then there's like a short sentence. So uh, as I don't speak Chinese, I have no idea how accurate it is, but it's really, um, the show was really good. It was, even though it was in Chinese, I w- it was like, it was very compelling. So I highly suggest taking a look at that. Let's jump into the news. Uh, Suru, 
S-U-R-U, a Canadian company, has built a e-bike slash moped that uh, if you if I was going to compare it to something, it'd be like the grumpy cat of e-bikes or mopeds. Um, it's called the Scrambler, and it was carefully designed to be street legal in many countries, but not require a motorcycle endorsement. It goes 20 miles an hour or 32 kilometers. It's got a range of 31 miles. Removable, and I assume that means swappable, 48-volt lithium-ion battery. Three-inch uh, knobby tires, kind of like a dirt bike. 78, it's 78 pounds or 35.5 kilograms. No word on the price yet. I'm not really a person that's into e-bikes, but I really think this, first of all, I think this is a moped disguised as an e-bike. Um, but second of all, it is really just a, it's just so cool looking. I can't explain it. It's dorky, um, as all get out, but it, it, there's something about this bike that appeals to me. So I would highly suggest taking a look at that. I'll put all the links in the show notes for this stuff. Um, really cool. Uh, the 2019 Hyundai Kona is arriving in North America, sort of, it's going to arrive just in California. So if you want to buy a Hyundai Kona, uh, the electric vehicle there, the SUV, uh, you'll have to be in California or at least drive to California to get it. Uh, moving on to the next one, Tesla is rolling out the instant drive away program. We talked to, about how Tesla is really making the buying process like just fly by, go super fast in and out, uh, get as many cars as they can, uh, especially by the end of the quarter sold and delivered. Um, but their goal is for the buying process to take five minutes, the entire buying process to take five minutes. They're making a huge push, like I said, to get cars out the door by the end of the quarter. This is really appealing to me. I cannot, <laughs> I, I can't buy a Tesla right now because I can't afford one. But if I was going to buy a car, if I was looking to buy a car and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a Model S or Model uh, 3, which would be more likely. Um, I like that I could basically purchase it on the website and then just go pick it up. Cause I hate, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody hates this. I despise going to the dealership and waiting there for hours and hours and hours. It just feels like they're, they're wearing you down so that you're more agreeable. Cause you just want to get out of there. Cause those folks are there no matter what, um, you're there on your day off and you want to go spend time with your family or anything else besides waiting in the, in the dealership. So, uh, it's a, that's aspirational for all car companies. Let's get that done or at least dealerships. Uh, let's talk about the Gigafactory workers at Gigafactory two, which is the one in Buffalo have started a campaign to unionize the 800 ish employees. Now, if they're looking to join the international brotherhood of electrical workers, um, and the United Steelworkers. Um, in this building, the Gigafactory 2, if you don't know, is where they build the solar panels and the solar cells. We'll kind of see where this goes. Tesla has notoriously been um, anti-union as a company, and especially Elon. So we'll kind of see how that see how that plays out. But speaking of speaking of factories and unions, Ohio Governor John Kasich has invited Elon and Tesla to come to Ohio and visit with workers in Lordstown, which is one of the places that GM is planning on closing the plant. 
Governor Kasich used Twitter to extend the invitation. Elon replied back, thanks, we'll consider next year. Not exactly an enthusiastic or or any sort of uh, giving any sort of committal to the uh, request. Not committing to the request. Huh. Anyway, um, right now, now this is the best, I, I researched this, and to the best of my knowledge, Ohio is not a right-to-work state. So if there's a union, like the auto workers union, um, Tesla and they hire employees, and on some level, the employees vote to go union, on some level, Tesla's going to have to work with the union. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of weaves its way um, through the rest of the company in terms of the, you know, the, the Gigafactory 2, Gigafactory 1, and Fremont, at least in the United States. So... If Tesla decides to take over a GM plant, should have said that in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I would I think this this would be a uh, really good thing for Tesla um, in terms of uh, they could come in and be the hero because I've been through I've been to Ohio one time, but we drove all over the place. And some of those I'd have never been to Lordstown, but some of those places um, there you can tell they're hit hard. So if Tesla could go in there and uh, bring jobs, that, that, that's great. There's no, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Do, 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 do. Tesla started selling and delivering cars from Gigafactory 1. So mostly this is just for people who live in Nevada. The sales and delivery will take place from December 20th to through the 31st. Of course, they'll be off for Christmas Eve and Christmas. But uh, this kind of goes back to that, circles back to that Tesla's trying to get those cars out as soon as possible in the five-minute buying process. You're in and you're out. Next up, some people in Arizona, where I live, are really mad at Waymo. Now, if you don't know what Waymo is and you're new to the listener, we have lots of new listeners, Waymo is a company owned by Alphabet. Alphabet owns Google. It's a big conglomeration, conglomerate. Man, I should not be using words today. My brain, real foggy. Anyway, it's this huge company that owns lots of little companies. And I think I used the word right, but now I'm not so confident. Anyway, so Waymo operates uh, self-driving cars. They have these little vans, uh, not so little, Chrysler Pacifica vans. And they drive all over Gilbert, Chandler, Tempe, I think parts of Mesa and maybe Scottsdale. Um, and for the most part, they're fine. Like I pass probably 10 just to go to drop my kids off at school and come back home. Um, I've never really noticed as a general rule that the vans are way out of control. Every now and again, they might weave into your lane, but not any different than somebody's distracted and, uh, talking on their cell phone or texting or surfing the web on their cell phone or whatever they're doing. So I haven't really noticed them to be any worse than humans. And I am actually uh, in the beta for riding in the cars so I can, you know, use my phone to to request one and go somewhere. I can't really talk about that, but I have hidden secret messages on how that experiences was, how experience was in other podcast episodes. But I... So here's what people are doing. They are in Arizona. They are threatening the Waymo vans and the drivers, by the way. 
they've had rocks thrown at them, tires slashed. They've been chased, um, run off the road. Drivers have felt threatened. Guns have pulled on them. I, I only, as far as I could tell, it was only one gun that was pulled on them, and that gentleman had dementia. Um, but all in all, there's been 21 incidences of this kind of behavior, which if you're on, if you're driving for Waymo, all you really want to do is collect your paycheck and go home and live your life. You don't need people harassing you. I don't understand quite, uh, what, what people are thinking when they see these vans. Cause it's very clear that there's a driver in there. And if there's, there wasn't a driver in there, most of the time there's a passenger in there. So you're putting somebody's life at risk, um, because it makes you feel better. I, I just do not get that mentality. Um, and again, I've never seen them do anything that was really uh, what I would consider annoying. There's so many other people that drive on the road that are so much more unsafe than those Waymo vans. So, yeah. Okay, moving on. This is kind of Waymo related, but it's not. Waymo is not going to be the first to get their fully autonomous uh, vehicles on the streets because Nero R1, the Nero R1, it's a little grocery delivery robot. Um, it goes about 25 miles an hour, which is perfect if you are cruising through residential neighborhoods um, on the streets. So there's a, they're doing a test, and it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, you know, it all rolls back around to me. But it's, I don't live in Scottsdale. I live in Tempe, but you know what I mean. Same thing. Um yeah, so there's a Fry's grocery store, which is Kro- owned by Kroger, in Scottsdale. And you can order your groceries, and for a fee of $5.95, this little R1 car, and it's really tiny, will drive itself to your house. You go out, you punch in a code, I assume, and then you get your groceries, and you're good to go. Um, and the thing drives back to the store and collects more groceries. This is awesome. Um, I'm very excited about this. One of the things that uh, takes the most amount of time in our family is grocery shopping. We have a family of four, but we often are feeding uh, six, maybe sometimes seven random throughout the week, uh, whether those are family members or friends or whatever. So grocery shopping takes a lot of time in my family, and I don't necessarily enjoy going out and you know looking for that one uh, you got to find egg noodles and you can't seem to find egg noodles anywhere in the store because it's not in the noodle section, but you find out it's in some other rando section. So um, this for me is, is, is awesome. I would love it. One of the other things is um, at the fire department, uh, when we go grocery shopping and there's plenty of uh, controversy surrounded that because people don't like seeing the fire trucks in front of the store because they don't think that we should be driving fire trucks to the grocery store. But we won't get into that. Um, but at the fire department, we uh, go grocery shopping on duty. And if we get a call, we have to leave, which is fine. Um, and we have to come back. And sometimes we have to start our grocery shopping all over again, which takes more time. Or uh, we pick up where we left off because uh, we also shop at a Fry's where I work, and they are very good about putting it in the freezer or refriger- some sort of refrigeration unit so we don't re- lose our food. But this kind of device, we could order our groceries for five bucks. We get this little robot that comes to the station. Bing, bada boom, you're, you're good. 
Um, another thing is, is the, you have four in case, uh, my case, I work on a ladder truck. We have five people on our truck. So if you want to go get, a uh, whatever, a gallon of ice cream, or you need something from the store, everybody has to go to the store. It's not like you can just send one person. So this is really nice because if you, let's say you needed, uh, we, some of the popular things that we get at, uh, for us are like jalapenos and inevitably or tomatillos or whatever. Inevitably you won't get enough. And we have a little carniceria next to where I work, which sometimes will have what we need. Sometimes it won't. It'd be really nice just to be able to pay five bucks to have that car, um, the R1 come to us and deliver what we need. And then sometimes you just get snacky. Sometimes you just want a snack. 10 o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, I could really go for, you know, a pumpkin pie. And uh, that would be nice too. Next up, President Trump. President Trump, um, as many of you know, not a huge fan of President Trump, but I feel like in one way I need to defend him and in another way I need to correct some misinformation. And it's not my job to fact check the president. There are plenty of other people who do that. Um, but what I want to do to defend him is there's a lot of headlines that says that President Trump is against electric cars. Um, they they lead you down that path. And I, I don't think that that's true. He gave a interview to Fox um, news and he's talking about GM and what GM's doing in, in terms of their layoffs because they're laying off 15,000 ish employees. So if you will indulge me, I would like to open up my Farago app here, go to my sound bite. Here we go. I'm going to play the first one. Um, this is him sitting down with the interviewer for Fox and we're going to listen to, um, kind of what he says and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more you're calling out companies and whatnot and the nation got to see you as gm said you know what we're going to wipe away 15 percent of the workforce right before christmas and you said i want to talk yeah to i called Barrow. her i don't yeah. like what she did the i think it was nasty Barrow. it doesn't really matter because ohio is under my leadership from a nation national standpoint ohio is going to replace those jobs like in two minutes but i don't like that general motors does that and they're going down to Mexico to make cars. Now, the New Deal, the USMCA that I made, mm -hmm. really makes it very uncomfortable for people to go out of the country, and it will be very uncomfortable for them. I think she's making a big mistake. They've changed the whole model of General Motors. They're going to all electric. All electric's not gonna work. I don't run a car company, but all electric is not gonna work. It's wonderful to have it as a percentage of your cars, but going into this model that she's doing, I think is a mistake, but to tell me a couple of weeks before Christmas that she's going to close in Ohio and Michigan, not acceptable to me. And she's either going to open fast or somebody else is going to go in. But General Motors is not going to be treated well. Now, the president may be right okay. about electric cars, but do we really want a president micromanaging a private company? What do you think? So I left that last little bit in there because the, the guy uh, clearly doesn't like electric cars or doesn't sound like he likes electric cars or believe that they're going to be successful. But what I want to get to is, first of all, he does not say that electric, all electric um, across the board isn't going to work. Um, what he does say is that, um, and in terms of electric vehicles, uh, and I, I think there's some confusion there, all electric 
meaning your whole fleet as electric vehicles versus, you know, straight up EVs. So where, where I'm seeing these articles is this says that Trump says that all electric isn't going to work. So that leads you to believe that Trump is anti, um, electric vehicles. And I don't necessarily think that's true. And he said, it's great to have it as a percentage. Um, Another thing is the the announcement of the layoffs um, that I wanted to talk about. The layoffs were announced right after or right before Thanksgiving, and yeah, that stinks. And at first, I was I was like, man, that's a terrible thing to do to people before Christmas. And I think I even mentioned this on the show. But ultimately, those layoffs aren't happening until 2019. So the best that I could tell is a lot of these plants are being shut down sometime after March. So you're giving time people time to make a plan. And yeah, that stinks to get this news right before uh, the holidays. Um, but ultimately, I think it's it's a, a kindness and not uh, not done out of malicious now, uh, intent. Now, my, another problem that I have is the government shouldn't be telling private businesses what is and isn't okay in terms of how they manage their business. Now, there's some certain things that are illegal or not illegal, and I agree with President Trump that it stinks to lay off 15,000 people from, if you combine, uh, you know, Canada and the United States. But on the other side, um, you know, that's none of that's none of the government's business. That's that's GM's business. And yeah, it stinks, but it's still their business. You, you can't really dictate um, or bully companies into doing what you want them to do. That's a very dangerous precedent to set, but I'm not really here to talk about all that stuff. Um, what I, a lot of, and this isn't being said, but a lot of those uh, employees, not all of them, but a lot in North America can go and work for other, um, other plants. So there is opportunity for some of those people to continue working at GM. And then, um, I don't think, I can't remember, but I don't think the GM has said that they're going to go all electric. I've, I think they've said that they're going to concentrate, um, or heavily invest in electric. I don't think I've heard them say that they're going to go 100% electric, uh, like VW has, for instance. Um, so I don't know there's in some ways I'm, I disagree with the president, but in other ways, I think that uh, he's kind of being mistreated a little bit in the things that he has said, because um, it's not exactly, he did use those words, um, all electric is not going to work, but he didn't use it in the context of, you know, electric cars are are terrible, <laughs> and they're just, they're going to fail out and out, but uh a lady, um, I can't remember her name, she she made this comment, and I kind of wanted to talk about this, too. When I was looking at the electric vehicles and who actually buys them. You need to have a lot of household income. Tesla, the average income to buy those cars, close to 300000 Even for GM, I mean, for a Chevy Bolt, well, you need at least $200,000. So it doesn't help the everyman. Now, I agree that Tesla, people who buy Teslas or electric vehicles in general probably have a... a a hefty household income, but I tried to find the numbers that she had quoted and, uh, the Chevy bolt starts at $3,300,000. You do not need to, or excuse me, $35,000. You do not need to make $300,000 to buy a bolt. I don't know where that comes from. 
um, and the Tesla stuff, the only study that I could find was done, uh, they had 292 responses. So it's a really teeny tiny study. And depending on where they pulled their information, for instance, if they pulled Silicon Valley, yeah, everybody in Silicon, well, not everybody, a lot of people in Silicon Valley make a ton of money. So the, those numbers are skewed. So I don't know that those, that percentage um, is, is accurate because I don't know what the, uh, and I don't want to know, what the financial makeup of people who listen to this show is. But I assume, and this is you know me assuming, but I assume that from people I've talked to through email and other sources, we're, you know, you're not broke, but you're not like wealthy and you're not making 300 or $200,000 a year. I could be wrong. Um, and um, there's probably some people that do, but for the vast majority, you're just, you know, middle-class folks that want to buy an electric car. And I think that, um, putting that out there kind of throws out like a, a divide that only rich people are, are buying these vehicles and we don't need more divides, especially division in our world. Um, I don't think that's a, like, I just think she threw out a number without, with the intention of making it look like rich people are buying these cars. But in fact, um, my neighbor down the street, um, I don't know what their income is, but they live pretty humble and they own a, a Tesla. So it's not as if, um, it's not as if, you know, they're making 200 plus thousand dollars a year. Um, I do know what she does for a living and it's very noble work, but it doesn't pay that great in terms of, uh, uh, pay. Um, just in general, when you look at, uh, you talk to people who are like in teaching and, and healthcare and things like that. And I don't want to say what she's doing, what she does, but, uh, my whole point is to this that, um, normal people are buying these cars too. And they're either buying them used or buying the model threes or, you know, there are some people that are, you know, buying the upper end cars, but you don't have to be rich to buy these cars. 10 years ago, that was probably true. Okay. Let's see. See what I talk about rambling. Let's talk about the Neo. That's how I'm going to, I'm just going to call it the Neo for now on until somebody proves me otherwise. Now I have to say that I own some stock in this company. Um, 16 shares, not a lot. But uh, I wouldn't say nice things even if I did uh, own the stock if I didn't believe them. So, um, like I said, this car is really, really cool. Um, but I just want to give a quick update on the specs. There's going to be a 70 kilowatt hour battery or an 85, or excuse me, 84 kilowatt hour battery. It's going to be liquid cooled, 510 kilometer range or 317 miles. Um, and, uh, that's for the big battery, the 430 kilometers or 267 miles is for the smaller battery. All of the vehicles are going to come standard with dual motor, all wheel drive. So I have to tell you this car, it's beautiful on the inside. It has a, a personal assistant that has so much personality and is, is really adorable, but also seems like um, it would be useful. Like, it's not something that I think, like, I don't think you need a personal assistant that does everything in the world for you, um, while you're in the car, but asking, you know, play whatever, imagine dragons is one of the examples they use and it actually doing it. And you don't have to take your hands off the wheel or your eyes off the road. 
um, and it works, that's great. I think that's awesome. And it, I do think it's important that it be integrated with the car. Um, the car does, I mean, this little personal assistant has, they've programmed so much personality into it. It's, it is really adorable. So anyway, okay. So you can see what, uh, I was talking about rambling, right? Uh, this show actually went a little longer than the last show, but, um, I do think it went a little bit better. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, next week, like I said, we'll be pre-recorded and then, um, we'll be back to the regular scheduled shows right after the first of the year. So happy holidays, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. And I will see you soon. Where is my in music? There it is. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.